0: Hello, everyone. This is Scott Shell, and this is the Betting Bay Area Podcast and Believe Podcast. Now we're the Bay Area's number one sports podcast. Now we're the only place to show up for a team in the Bay Area and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're also available in private Directory, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher Liminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com and at Believe Podcast on Twitter. And you can find me personally at Shell Radio on Twitter. On this week's show, we're talking about the Week 17 matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks from a betting perspective. Before we do all that, we're going to have a quick word from our sponsors. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at the game this year, but you can still have a lot of action at Bet Online. I know personally I'm going to be a bit upset that I can't visit any of the actual stadiums in itself for the next couple of months because of COVID, but I will be looking forward to watching games. There's nothing more exciting than watching games while you have money on and hopefully, uh, you can make some money here at Bet Online based on the game spreads, team totals, player props, and even coaching props. Bet Online is everything, and they have a ton of options alongside an online casino. So, action never stops. So, once again, head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great signup bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ben Bear Podcast, the Believe Podcast Network, Now, before we went on break, we previewed what we're going to be doing for this week's show, and yes, this will be the final NFL show of the season because of the fact that, obviously, the 49ers did not make the playoffs after making the Super Bowl last year, but they still have a chance to play a little bit of spoiler for Seattle. I know Seattle already clinched the division, but they could potentially ruin Seattle's seating, so keep that in mind. But anyway, without further ado, we're going to dive right in and talk about what happened last week before we get into the Week 17 matchup. Now, San Francisco, in their matchup against Arizona, we ended up splitting. Those two plays, we leaned to Arizona, minus the points, and we also leaned to the under. Now, the under was really, really easy. Uh, The game only totaled 32 points, went way under the posted total, really never in doubt. And as for the 49ers, they played really well, and they were able to put Arizona into a pretty precarious spot going into Week 17. As Arizona entered that game 8-6, a win in that game basically would have clinched them a playoff spot, but San Francisco definitely rose to the occasion, and they were able to pull off the road upset. Now, leading the way for San Francisco, of course, was running back Jeff Wilson Jr., who ended up having 183 rushing yards along with 21 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown. He was phenomenal. Anytime you average over 8-plus yards per carry on 22 carries, you definitely had yourself a pretty great game. Other than that, though, leading the uh, 49ers... Under center was third-string quarterback C.J. Beathard, who I had been calling for for the last month and a half to finally get some snaps instead of Nick Mullins. Mullins finally got injured, and now Beathard came in, and he was solid. I know he only completed 13 of 22 pass attempts, but he did have three touchdowns and zero interceptions, so he definitely looked pretty sharp against this Arizona defense, and Beathard definitely did a good job of limiting mistakes, which is something that Mullins struggled with all season long. Looking at the receiving core... You had George Kittle, the, of course, elite tight end return. He had 92 yards. He looked as sharp as usual. He was very solid. Other than that, though, really nobody else did anything. You had Jerk McKinnon in second in receiving yards with 28. Jeff Wilson Jr. had the touchdown and 21 yards and one reception. Kendrick Bourne had one catch for 16 yards. Ayuk did nothing, had one catch for 15. Really, nobody did anything besides Kittle, but that did not matter because San Francisco relied so heavily on the ground game that it was able to get the job done. Now, Beathard did end up losing a fumble, which was a bit concerning, but when you only have one turnover in comparison to Mullins, usually two or three, that's definitely an upgrade. As for San Francisco's defense, though, they were very solid. Only gave up 12 points. They gave up no touchdowns to Kyler Murray. They also recorded three sacks, and they also recovered a fumble. They did a really good job. They also had a red zone interception, which was huge. So overall, really solid job by San Francisco to keep Kyler Murray in check. Kyler Murray ended up going 31 for 50 for 200 and a 47 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. Anytime you force a guy like Kyler Murray to only average 4.9 yards per completion, definitely something that is, I'd say a very, very solid uh, performance there. So overall, can't really complain that much with how they played. And I simply think that the 49ers did exactly what they needed to do in order to get the job done. But looking at, I'm sorry, it was yards uh, per attempt. So it was actually 4.9 yards out of the 50 attempts going for an approximate uh, it's 247 yards. So every pass attempt was around 4.9 yards, which is, of course, very solid, forcing a lot of short passes, etc. But looking at the ground game for Arizona, they also struggled, Kenyon Drake leading rusher for Arizona because of the fact that Chase Edmonds was out. Had 18 carries for 45 yards and a touchdown, which is equivalent to 2.5 yards per carry. Kyler Murray did have 75 rushing yards, but Murray has been torching opposing defenses all season long. And he also got a little bit banged up in that game as San Francisco ended up blowing a pretty big hit on him late in the second half. But overall, anytime you can stop the leading running back from averaging more than 2.5 yards per carry, Definitely a solid job there by the Niners. Now looking at the receiving core for Arizona, Christian Kirk led the way with 76 receiving yards, Keyshawn Johnson at 50. Uh, The big shocker there was DeAndre Hopkins with eight catches, but only 48 yards, so they did a great job guarding him, specifically uh, Verrett, who did a very good job matching up. Uh, Fitzgerald had six catches for 28 yards. Uh, Nobody else really did anything. I know Edmonds played a little bit in that game in the receiving core, but he had no carries mostly because of the fact that he ended up suffering a little bit of an injury there. So Edmonds did play, but he didn't have any impact on the ground game. But he ended up having two catches for eight yards. So nobody else really did anything for Arizona. Uh, I know Arnold, despite having 25 yards, also lost a fumble. So that was also a problem. But as a whole, Arizona's offense did nothing. And that is something that San Francisco can hang their head high on is the fact that the defense has been playing extremely well lately, despite the fact that it has had nothing to play for, because it is 6-9 and, and guaranteed to finish the season in last place. But anyway, now switching gears, talking about Seattle. Seattle's on the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of success this season uh, in comparison to San Francisco, as Seattle is 11-4, and, and they have already wrapped up the NFC West title after beating the Rams last week by the score of 20-9. So you might be wondering, well, what does Seattle still have to play for? because of the fact that they already clinched a division title. And the thing they have to play for is seeding, because right now they are currently in possession of the three-seed in the NFC. However, they do possess the same record as the New Orleans. So if they win and New Orleans loses, Seattle would end up jumping up to the two-seed. So keep that in mind for this matchup. So uh, I should expect Seattle to play everybody. I don't think they're going to be resting people like the Steelers, like the Chiefs, people like that or teams like that, I simply think they're going to be throwing everybody out there and trying to beat the rivals by as much as possible in order to potentially get the two-seed in the NFC. But anyway, looking at Seattle last week, they won 20-9, to nine, which I just talked about. Really hideous game, mostly because Jared Goff was absolutely terrible, but I'll get into that in a second. Looking at Seattle's offense, though, Russell Wilson, 20-for-32, 225 passing yards, one touchdown, no picks. He was also sacked five times, so once again, Seattle's offensive line was disastrous, and Wilson was running for his life pretty much the entire game. Wilson did end up uh, having a touchdown pass to the likes of a pretty underrated tight end there in Jacob Hollister, but overall, Wilson did enough in order to get the job done. He simply let the defense cook. Now, looking at the ground game, Chris Carson led the way with 16 carries for 69 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. Wilson also had a rushing touchdown, so he definitely did... Uh, His part, having two total touchdowns and no picks. And other than that, though, nobody else really did anything. Look at the receiving core. You had DK Metcalf, who had a team-high six receptions for a team-high 59 yards. Didn't really do much. David Moore had one catch for 45. Tyler Lockett had three catches for 44. And nobody else really did anything. But looking at Seattle's defense, they definitely left an imprint on this matchup. As Goff ended up going 24 for 43 for 234 passing yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. He was absolutely terrible. And part of that was because of the fact that it turns out he has a fractured finger, so he might not he's not going to be playing in Week 17 as a result of it in a must-win game for Los Angeles. But uh, Goff was just awful from start to finish. Couldn't move the chains, couldn't do anything, and he had a really, really awful interception in plus territory right outside of the red zone. So looking at the Rams... Uh, They did a decent job running the ball. Daryl Henderson led the way since Akers was out. 12 carries for 62 yards, 5.2 yards per carry. Malcolm Brown was second with uh, 7 carries for 27. And nobody else really did anything. Look at the receiving core. Cup had 8 catches for 66 yards. Reynolds had 6 catches for 65. Robert Woods had 4 catches for 48. Higby had 3 catches for 34. So nobody really went off. But Sale did a decent job of limiting the damage from some of Los Angeles' pretty solid weapons. But looking at uh, the Seattle defense, they recorded three sacks I already talked about before. Uh, Jerron Reed led the way as he had two sacks there, and Alton Robinson had the third. So they really did a good job uh, just of getting after the quarterback and forcing Goff into making some mistakes. And they'll try to do the same thing against Bethard here on uh, Sunday. But looking at this matchup here briefly before we actually get into my predictions for the actual game, of course, we're going to have to talk about the actual spread and the total for this matchup. So, looking at this game right here, Seattle is currently favored and they're currently laying six, and the over under in this game is currently available at 46 flat. So, looking at my thoughts for this game here, I'm going to start out with the spread and then transition over to the total. I'm going to to San Francisco here. I originally was leading to Seattle yesterday, and then I thought about it, and I decided that I thought it was too many points for Seattle to be laying. Seattle, of course, should still be motivated for this game, but if you look at how they've been playing lately, I think that this team has been playing really well defensively. Offensively, though, really not that great. You throw the Jets game out uh, as they scored 40 points. This offense has really been struggling over the last two months or so. To go through the numbers here, they played at the Rams, scored 23. Played the Cardinals, scored 28. Played the Eagles, scored 23. Played the Giants, scored 12, then you had the 40 outlier against the Jets, scored 20 against Washington, and then 20 against the Rams. This team has struggled to even break more than 27 points in any given game. They did 28 once within the last two months or so. So I just have an issue with trusting Seattle laying this big of a number when I'm not even sure if they're going to be able to score more than 24 points in this game. I don't think they will score 24. I think Seattle will probably score around 20 to 21 here. Just based on how San Francisco's been playing defensively, I think they'll get after Wilson. I think Wilson should have no time at all in the pocket. I think he'll be able to create some big plays because he's Russell Wilson. That's what he's been doing, that's what he's been doing his entire career. But I do think the spread is a little bit too high because San Francisco, despite having Bethard and an injured Mostert who's not playing and Samuel who's out and all these injuries that San Francisco has, this team is still hung tough, and I do think they will be giving Seattle all that Seattle can handle on Sunday. So, looking at this matchup here, I will be taking the six with San Francisco. And other than that, I love the under in this play in this game here at 46. The under is by far my favorite play in this matchup in comparison to the spread. 46 is way too high. You have Seattle, who each of their last uh, what is it, five games? Each of their last five games, a total less than 44 points. Now the total is 46, and San Francisco's offense has not been great either. So I think San Francisco with Beathard should struggle against the Seattle defense, but I do think they will probably be able to score around 17 points in this game. I think Seattle should score around 20. So for that reason, I think this game will finish somewhere in the realm of 20-17, to 20-16. to 16, Hell, even 20-14 to 14 is, a, is an under with a push draw for San Francisco, but I just don't trust Seattle's offense to score enough points in order to send this game over and in order to cover the spread. So for that reason, I think there is some value here at San Francisco. Currently available at plus 6 and on the under at 46 at time recording. But other than that, though, just looking at what's happened with San Francisco so far this season, of course it is not how San Francisco wanted to end the year because of the fact that they have a losing record after going to the Super Bowl. But then again, there's really nothing you could have really done if you're San Francisco because of all the injuries that you had to deal with. You ended up losing basically everybody uh, on the defensive line in the first three weeks of the season. Of course, if you ended up having Bosa, who is still around, your defense would be a lot better. Uh, I know that they had some lulls in the middle of the year because of all the injuries, even to Sherman and company. But you lost D. Ford. Solomon Thomas wasn't great, but he's still a depth defensive lineman. You lose Bosa. All those guys, just a serious issue there. Uh, I know Jimmy Ward now has some injury issues. So really just, uh, yeah, Ward, you have Tart. Uh, some people have just been injured all year long. So I do think that is definitely a problem for the 49ers, and I do think that they'll just be happy the season's over, and they'll try to rebound there for 2021 when everybody is supposed to be healthy. So that is something that's definitely worth keeping in mind. You're also going to be having some other people out for this game. Brandon Ayuk's going to be out. Trent Williams is going to be out. So The offense should also struggle in this matchup. I know Robbie Gould has COVID, so that is something that is worth monitoring. I know he just got an extension, but they might be down a starting kicker. But the offense, of course, should end up being a little bit worse because of the fact that you have Ayuk who's out for this game along with Trent Williams, who's been pretty solid as a tackle. But at the end of the day, I do think this total's too high. And I do think that San Francisco will keep this game close. So other than that, though, that's been the installment of the Ben Barra podcast here in the Bully Podcast Network for week seventeen in uh, the matchup between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Other than that, though, good luck to all of you and your respective best today. Bye everyone. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early